Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. All right, are you ready? Who's ever been on a fight before, in a fight? Who's ever been in a fight? Let's be real, who's been in a fight? Who's never been in a fight? Okay, I only saw half a dozen of you put your hand up and then the rest of you didn't. So who's never been in a fight, physical fight? Cool. For those of you who have been in a fight, I've actually been in two fights in my life. Only two. 36, I've only been in two fights. Um, one, I actually had to uh, tell my wife this this morning because she's never heard these stories. And I said, hey, babe, I get in trouble when I preach because I reveal secrets about my life that she doesn't know. And then on the way home, the conversation's awkward. She's like, who did I marry? And um, it's all good, babe. I'm not... So in year seven, I was in... Um, my mum doesn't know this story either. I was in a fight in year seven, mum. Got in trouble. <laughs> uh, one of my friends was being picked on. Um, I won't mention his name, but they used to call him E.T. because he shaved his head and he had big ears and he looked like E.T. from the movie E.T. Don't laugh. He was my first laugh. Okay, it's funny. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember once um, that this kid was pushing him, picking on him, and it was, it's like the third or fourth time he's done it. And... I just got righteously angry because no one was doing anything about it. So little as I was, I stood in the way and said, hey, don't pick on my friend. And he's like, you know, he's pushing. I said, don't push my friend. Don't. And then I just got angry. And then my right fist just went, rah, bang. And he went down. And um, my friend was like, <gasps> and I was like, oh, what did I just do? <laughs> Um, am I going to die from this, this you know, uh, and, and I hit him, and I got in trouble, got to the principal's office, and, but he never picked on my friend again, so, now, moral of the story is this, I've got a big, ex, ex, what do you call that kind of, I've got a big thing in red on my nose to say from my wife, um, that, where is it, I've not put it in there, I do not condone violence, and fighting is not good, okay? I did it, babe. I said that. Um, the second time I was in a fight, I was in Utah. No, don't fight. I'm like, I'm actually teaching my daughter how to fight. <laughs> she's four, and I'm like, honey, hands up, bang, bang, bang. And she's like, yeah. Anyway, no one picks up my family. Second time, I was in a fight. Now, this was my fault. I said something silly to the wrong person in year 10, and um, he wanted to confront me. Um, alongside with 19 of his friends. And um, so skinny kid, 19, 20 people, just before the school bell was about to end. And I remember this, and they were pushing me, and they broke my necklace off me, and like pushing me, pushing me. And um, I I was not going to fight these guys. I was like, if I swing, I'm dead. So I ran out of school, and I didn't even run home. I ran all the way to my mate's house, who's, it's like an hour run, and I just cried and cried and cried. Oh, thank you. got a little bit of sympathy. <laughs> and that was my second encounter as a fight. And uh, they never got in trouble, but I got in trouble the first time. And what's the point of the story? It's a good question. A good fight isn't a fight that you lose. A good fight is a fight that you win. Who thinks the first fight was a... Okay, morals aside, it's a good fight. I won. <laughs> the second fight, not so good. I lost for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
And we're in this series called Faith, and today I want to share from 1 Timothy 6. And the title of my message, if you're taking notes, is Fight the Good Fight. Because we are in a fight, you and I, this faith thing, this life we're called faith. We're in a battle, we're in a fight. First of all, I need to say is this, is the battle is not yours. The battle is his, right? The battle has already been won, but there is a fight that you and I still need to fight. And there's no point fighting a fight unless it's a good fight and that you win. Amen? I need a bit of participation here. Okay, you crazy guys. So... I want to look at 1 Timothy this morning. So Timothy, so Paul's writing to Timothy. Let's turn there real quick. Turn to 1 Timothy. Quick, I want to hear those pages flipping because you told me you love the old school stuff. Flip, flip. Where did Timothy go? It's not here. Yeah, all right. It's after Thessalonians. 1 Timothy 6. So Paul's writing to Timothy. Now, now what's going on? Timothy is literally leading like a large church in Ephesus, huge church, okay? Um, Timothy, the scholars say he's about 30 years of age, and 30 is quite young. 36, guys, is quite young, okay? So he's leading, he's 30, he's leading, and, 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 he, and he writes this letter because there's a whole bunch of false teaching going into the church. It's, it's growing with Gnosticism and, and, and all this stuff in heresies. And, and he's, you know, Timothy's 30, he's young, there's a whole bunch of older people. And, and he's there going, man, like, can I actually do this? Can I lead one of the largest thriving churches right now with all this stuff going? I'm only 30. I've got older people telling me, like, it might not be, like, where's that in the Bible? Like, he writes, hey, Timothy, do not... What does he say? Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but be, on as, be an example to those. So, so I think Timothy is just encouraging him, hey, you're going to have to correct some teaching, you're going to have to correct some stuff, and you're going to have to rebuke a whole bunch of older people. And he might be flipping out going, I don't have what it takes. Have you ever thought to yourself, God, you've called me, you've chosen me, you've asked me to do this, but do I really have what it takes? Can I actually do this thing called life. Well, can I raise my kids up in the ways of the Lord like you asked me to? Can I actually impart these things? Can I, just, can I do these things? Now, I believe Paul, Peter's asking this question. You might be thinking, I might just be tired of all of this. It's a marathon, right? It's run the, you know, it's like this race. We're in a race. It's a marathon. And you might be a bit tired this morning. And you might be a little weary and we pick it up here, in, um, and at the end of this book, Timothy charges, Paul charges Timothy with these insp- inspiring words, which I want to just quickly read out. It says this, 1 Timothy 6, 11. So at the end of the book, he's just charged him to do all these things, appoint elders, some will depart from your faith, instructions, do not rebuke, do this and this, and then he goes, but as for you, man of God, But as for you, GGC Life Church, as for you, Warwick, as for you, Jay, Tim, Dave, Fung, I can name all of you people if you know I'm joking. As for you, flee from these things, from the false teachings of the world that wants to creep into your life or the sin. Flee, flee. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfast, gentleness. Fight the good Fight of faith 
and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made. The good confession in the presence of the witnesses. And he goes, I charge you. Hey, as your pastor, I'm charging you in the presence of God who gives life to all things to keep the commandment, this commandment, to fight the good fight, unstained and flee and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Fight the good fight of faith. Have you ever heard the voice of God so clearly he's asked you to do something that seems downright impossible, ridiculous? Maybe he's calling you to raise your children in such a way that the world looks and goes, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And today, raising your children in this world, you're going to look different from the rest of the world. And your friends who aren't saved might go, why do you teach that? And you might be thinking, uh, you know, maybe he's called you to full-time ministry. He's called you to maybe lead that connect group that I've been pestering you for the past two years to lead. <laughs> There's a meme of me going, you could always lead two. And that is absolutely true. I'm joking. Maybe he's called you to start an alpha course in your workplace. Maybe he's, maybe he's asked you to give for half of the house this, this week, this month. Maybe it's, maybe it's to forgive someone who's hurt you. Whatever it is God is saying to you, it will take faith for you to live it. And not just a faith that's a walk in the park, but a faith that you need to fight. It's the good fight of faith. So let's break it down. A bit of, a bit of a Greek for you lovely, amazing people, because I don't know Greek. The Greek word for fight is a word called agonaz, agonazme. Agonazme. Say agonazme. Said it like an Italian. I don't know why. <laughs> and it's to contend, to struggle with difficulties and dangers. So to fight. That first word, fight, is a Greek word that says it's, it's to struggle with. It's with difficulties and dangers to endeavor, to zeal, to strive, to obtain something. The word good, fight the good. This word in the Greek is kalos. Kalos, something exceptional, highest quality, or outstanding. Fight the good fight. Now, this word is different. It's agon, agon, agon. Well, the Greeks are judging me. It's fine. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen. <laughs> now, this is a different fight. This is where we get the word agonize from. I, I agonize. It's the idea of complete concentration to the fight. You're fully focused, you're fully committed, you're fully committed until victory. There's no half hard, there's no half like, I'm in and out, I'm in and out, I'm in, I'm fully committed. <laughs> like my dance? Until victory. That is the kind of fight you and I meant to, to actually fight. So in English it says, fight the good fight of faith. But I've translated this for you this morning. And this is my new definition of fight the good fight of faith. Are you ready? I'm going to prophesy this over everyone listening to my voice. It says, fight fervently and strive within the struggle with your best efforts for something exceptional of highest quality, giving your complete concentration to the fight, fully focused, fully committed unto victory of your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is how you and I are going to fight this fight called life. To that extent, we fight. Because anything we do in faith requires us to fight. No more wimpiness. We're fighting. We're committed. We're all in. I'm in. I'm yours. That song that we sing, 
It's, I'm in, I'm yours. I'm done tiptoeing around the water. I'm in. In 1 John 5, 4, it says this. For every child of God, any child of God, children of God, yeah, that's you. For every child of God, for you, this is crazy, you defeat this evil world, and we achieve this through victory only through our faith. Because of our faith, we will actually overcome this evil world. Jesus has overcome the world. Now, he lives in you, and he's saying you can overcome this world. You're a child of God, and it's insane because this fight's rigged. This fight's rigged. You know that. It's completely rigged because I've read the back of the book. You win the fight. You win the fight. You've got the $200,000 briefcase in Deal or No Deal, but you see the host is trying to get you to, oh, no, maybe you don't have a look at the board. No, no, no. Oh, maybe I'll settle for $1,000. you have got the big case. So that's why Galatians 6.9 says, let us not become weary. Oh, how tiresome is it sometimes? Getting out on a Sunday morning with two kids, I'm like, oh, just stay home, kids. I'm just, you're not even changed. I'm trying, like sometimes life can be hard and we're tired of doing good. And he says, do not grow weary. Don't grow weary in doing good. Because at the proper time, you're going to reap a harvest if you don't quit on your faith. So there's a fight, we're going to fight it, we're going to see what is it, what is it that God's called you to do? Tim, don't answer me, just think about it, <laughs> rhetorical. What is it? What's in your heart? What's your desire? What's the man that he's called you to be? Who is the man, who is it? Are you weary in trying to, when am I going to see it, when am I going to see it? Fight the good fight of faith. Stand strong with your brother and your sister alongside you. And that's why church is important. Liberto. Liberto. Love your name. Very Italiano. What's the crazy thing God's asking you to do? What's the miracle you're fighting for? What are you believing to see? You want your life to be a difference? Because your life is influential. You know that, right? You, you speak and influence oozes out of your mouth. And there's going to be things that come in the way that wants to take that out, steal the seed, and get and, and just tie what. But fight, stand strong, and fight the good fight of faith. Just show up every day and do not quit, and you will see God do mighty things through you when you stay strong. Amen. Well, put your name there. What is it that God is asking you to do? Is it seem crazy? Because I know for my wife and I, everything we do is is a life of faith. Like, it's insane. Maybe, God, like, you know, anyway. So, why do we need to fight? What's going to hold you back from God's will over your lives actually taking place? What is it that you need to fight? Because if you don't know what to fight, you're just going to be wah, 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 fist in air and wah, wah, kicking the wrong things and actually fighting the. You need to know what is going to come against you. So, take notes. The four things. The first thing is, you need to fight the flesh that will resist God's will. Our flesh is going to want to rise up, show its ugly head against God's will over our lives. 
See, our spirit, this guy, the, the spirit cell wants this, wants God. But then the ugly, the flesh, doesn't. It wants something else. And Paul had the exact same, um, th- there was a war inside of him. And I'm going to read it in Romans 7. It says, I do not understand what I do. Oh, I'm not the only one, babe. When I say I don't know why I do what I do, it's biblical. Don't yell at me. <laughs> why did you do that? I don't know. Paul didn't know. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't want to do. And I do what I hate I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's the sin living in me. For I know the good itself does not dwell in me. Man, this is Paul. He goes, that this is my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil. And he continues to go and go on and, and, and on. Doesn't that sound like some of us in this room? Doesn't it? Yeah, let's all be real. We're not perfect. We do things we don't want to do. And the things that we want to do, we don't do. And Paul's like, there's a fight for your flesh that needs to happen. Fighting our flesh could be something like killing the desire of comfortability. Hey, comfortability, the comfortable. I made that word up maybe. I don't know if it's a real word. Is it a real word? Oh, praise Jesus. Don't write that down, Nathan. It's real. Comfortability. Comfortability. It does not equate to faith. Faith and comfort do not lie hand in hand. When God called Abraham out, it wasn't a comfortable thing. It's not comfortable. We, some of us need to kill that flesh. Getting up here, ask Tillard, getting up here at 8 o'clock or 7.30 on a cold morning to set up is not comfortable. But we do it. We die to the flesh and we come and we do what we're meant to do. Comfort. Maybe some of us. It could be the, the flesh of comparison, laziness, insecurities that holds us back from God's will. And that's the fight I fight, is the fight of insecurity. And I'm, I, I, I want to be real. Every time I preach, you need to know the real me. There's a fight that goes on in my head, whether I'm good enough. And then when I see other people rise up, the flesh goes, man, no, like you're nothing now. This guy's better than you. And there's a fight. But I'm going the, 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 to kill the snare of insecurity because if we're always insecure, we're always going to run to thing and sin and things that's going to make us feel secure. Because there's things out there that will make you feel good and secure, but they're not of God. So we need to die to the things of insecurity so it doesn't hold us from the will of God. Amen? Maybe it's the sins we need to die to. Those chains that hold us back, kill them, kill it. Maybe some of your Netflix shows you need to cancel. What? How did that show up on my notes? That's you. I didn't, I'm not going to name anyone or anything. Let's move on. Maybe it's some fleshly desires you need to crucify. And can I say something? We all have a choice, okay? We need to mature as the body of Christ to determine, I feel, this makes me feel good. I feel and I feel and I feel. I don't care how I feel. I want to live by convictions. Stuff feelings, man. It doesn't do anything but snares you into the lies of the enemy. 
And then when we, when we start walking on our convictions, despite how I feel, my feelings start to change and I, I feel the way I believe. But you need to put to death. You need to make a choice. Put your big, big boy pants on like this that don't fall down like mine. And despite what you feel, this sin that feels good, I'm done with it. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm holding strong and I'm killing this thing. And we all do it. Now, if you feel convicted, change good. If you feel condemned, Paul continues on and says, because of what I've just said, because of the things I do that I don't want to do, I don't know. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Church, that's something, praise God, about that there's no condemnation. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't condemn you because of the sin you've committed, the sin that you might commit. He doesn't condemn. So if God doesn't condemn, don't condemn yourself. And don't let the devil lie to your ears. You're more than conquerors. The second thing, so you've got to die to our flesh, you've got to kill that thing. The second thing, if you want to fight this good fight of faith, we've got to make sure that we do this. We've got to kill our thinking that will struggle to understand what God has said to us. This and this are so disconnected half the times. This thinks one thing, and this just goes, eh. Walk on water. Eh. <laughs> give give $5,000 to half of the house. Eh. <laughs> Saying, give $10,000. I'm not talking about money. I'm just... Move to Ingeting. My wife and I now. Hey, Sal, I know you're getting paid... You're 18? 19, sorry? You're getting paid over 60 grand? 19-year-old? Quit your job and go to Bible college. Eh. <laughs> In Bible college, hey, Sal, don't wait another three years to propose. Get married in Bible college. Got a hundred bucks in my account. Like, wow. I still haven't bought her engagement ring. What are you talking about? I'm joking. I'm joking. I have. God will tell you to do stuff that's going to be contradictive to your mind and to how the world thinks. And that is something that you and I need to fight and battle against. Because when you step out in faith, the closest around you, it's not the world. Sometimes it's the Christians in the church that try to go, no, hang on, that doesn't sound like a good idea. And you know what? It's not a good idea. It's absolutely a dumb idea if it didn't come out from the, the mouth of God himself. So when you do something, it needs to be spot on on his word alone. Because if he has commanded you and if he has spoken to you, as if he's not going to then release what he needs for you to actually live that out. Make sense? He's not going to just leave you hanging. He's a good, good father. It's who you are. Can I sing? It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. Anyway, because he says in Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Sal, it's not your thoughts. And I know after I preach this, he's going to say something to me to do something. I'm going to go, I don't want to do it. But I'm going to do it. And that's okay. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, GGC, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I know what the end looks like. And I think we struggle with this because of one word, T-R-U-S-T. It's trust. Think about it. 
who really trust when, when when my kids, if I've spoken, it's done. It's done. They should just walk away and go, Daddy's got it. I'm cool. I'm cool. If he speaks, and this is where it's a fight. Because you can't just take it on face value. You've got to actually pursue this thing and fight for the right in your mind to actually overcome it. But how do we do it? How do we do it? You have to consciously and daily decide to think on purpose. Actually, every morning wake up and choose your thoughts. You do this. He doesn't. You do. See, in Romans 12, it says you need to be transformed by the what? The renewing of your mind. It's not the matrix. He doesn't just plug you in and go, spoiler alert, that's what the matrix is. And it's something you and I have to do. We need to wake up every morning, and this is your homework. Read this thing every morning. Actually read it, because that's what we're meant to do. And then, you can't do it alone. By the power of his spirit, we start to transform our minds. And then we speak it out. Then we speak it out. Too many Christians, myself included, better now, don't eat this like food. We eat this like snacks. The stuff that we're only meant to have on good days. This is food for life. This is our daily bread. And I'm asking you, if you I, I want our church to fight this good fight of faith, despite what we might be, this has to go in here, there, to go in here, to go in there, and we start to renew our minds. See, the problem is this. Our minds have fallen. It has a bent. It has a mindset that is hostile to the supremacy of Almighty God. It will go against everything He says if it's not in check. But that's our responsibility. Will you do that? We need to shift from this. And then I'll move on real quick. We've got to shift from I can't. Shift from I can't to he can. He can do all things. For the Bible says he can do everything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this is Paul talking about having nothing, having luck and no, no provision. He goes, I might not be able to do this on my own. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, I determine every day that I will walk on his word. And I can fight this good fight of faith. No matter what's happening. You can tell I'm pretty passionate about this, right? The third thing. We need to fight the circumstances that stand in our way. Because there's things that's going to get in your way that's going to hold you back from fighting this fight. This stuff happens, church. This, this, is, this is crazy because Paul says this after 4.13. Like, Paul grew to believe with great conviction that all of who Christ was in his life, his Savior, his friend, provider, and Lord, was the essence of what he needed most. All he needed, and that's what Philippians 4.13 is based on. The sufficiency of Christ that Paul experienced enabled him to have that strong heart, to write stuff that he's written, fight the good fight of faith. This guy was shipwrecked, beaten. He, he almost died. He was stranded on, light, on an island. You know, um, He was jailed. He was stoned, and not for recreational purposes. He was whipped. He was broke. And you know what? He never complained. He pressed on. That was a joke. See if anyone you got there. But you know what? 
He was gone through all that and he still stands. And I here have a winch because I've got a cold. And I go, I'm giving up. It's too hard. This fight's too hard. And Paul would be saying, no, don't let circumstances get in your way. Because with Christ in me, Christ, you are more than enough in me despite my circumstances. Paul had a prison. Joseph had a prison. Jonah had a fish. Lazarus had a grave. Moses had a sea. You might be broke. You might be sick. You might feel unqualified. You might feel too old. You might feel too young. Like you don't, like, despite what it is, God always makes a way if you don't give up. Christ in, say Christ in me. More than enough. Christ in me. More than enough. Now you've got to say with such tenacity that you believe it when the rubber hits the road, not when you're safe in these four walls. Amen? The last thing is this. So we've got to fight our flesh, our mindset, our circumstances that come against us. Ultimately, we've got to fight the devil and his arrows. Don't be surprised when you step out in faith when those fiery darts get shot at you. There's going to be opposition when you walk in faith. The enemy doesn't worry about those who don't do anything. He, if you are going to do nothing, you're not a threat. Your life will be great. Easy. The moment you decide to pray for someone who's sick, the enemy is all out attack because you all of a sudden become a threat to him. The moment you decide to do anything for God, you step out in faith, you become an enemy. And you need to be aware of this. And that's why the Bible says to clothe yourselves with the armor of God. To get your shield of what? The shield of? And that blocks off all the arrows. Pick up that shield and defend. And you know what I love about the shields? Is they're big enough to cover your whole body. And back then, those shields were meant to link with the soldier next to you. So no arrows can get through. And that's why we need each other. And that's why you need to be in church on Sundays. That's why you need to be in a connect group. Because if you're not in a connect group, I'm not making a plug. I'm preaching truth. If you're not in a connect, if you don't have accountability and discipleship and surrounded by people you love, when those darts hit, guess who gets left behind? People not in those. Please, get in a connect. Because we're all in this together. Amen? Now, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. We fight against spiritual hosts and wickedness in the heavenly places. We will fight and we will face oppositions. But the people we fight is not the person to the left or to the right of you. Don't fight each other. There is a fight. And the one against you is not the ones around you. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your children. It's not your parents. It's not your best friend. It's the enemy. Throws arrows of doubt, offense, pain, sickness. And he wants to confuse and get us fighting each other. All the while, those arrows are... He's got them all distracted. They think it's them. It's me. There is an enemy... And he roars like a lion. But he's not a lion. He's a little baby cat, only pretending to masquerade himself as light. 
The enemy has been defeated. And we walk in victory all the time if we don't give up. So, finally, church, be strong in the Lord and his strength and all his might. Put it on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We need to be strong in him. You can't be strong on your own. You can't just get up and go, I've got this, man, I've got this. Take it on. Clothe yourself with all humility and know that it is God in you, not you without him. Amen? It's not by might or power, it's by spirit. Second thing we do is we hold on to the promises. When the lies come in, Jesus was tempted by the devil, Josiah. When he was tempted, what did Jesus say? Three words. To the devil. Come on, bro, help me out. It is written. It is written. When the enemy comes to speak, your power words are three simple words. It is written. Say it with me. It is written. But do you know what is written? If I had a microphone, it would have been dropped and I would have walked Do you know what's written? We want to know the, how did, how did this happen in the Bible? Or tell me about the Ark of the Covenant and tell me why it was placed there. When, when, when we don't even know what God says about who I am. The more I'm studying, I'm doing my degree in theology, and the more I'm studying, the more it's taking me back to the roots of simply me crying on that table Thursday night, hearing the truth about who Jesus is. We need to know this if we're going to use this. The third thing we do is we need to pray at all times. And to this end, I say this. It says, fight the good fight of faith. But then Paul says this, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Literally, that word, take hold, if you could see the word in big, bold font, it would say, seize, seize, take hold, take hold of the eternal life. To that extent, we fight for the eternal life that is for us. There are, I've seen too many Christians give up on the fight because it was too hard. Yes, it's hard. If you've ever heard a gospel that it's easy, you've heard the wrong gospel. And tonight I'm going to be sharing about faith under trial. When it's hard, when you're in the fire, that's what I'm sharing on tonight. How does our faith go strong in the fire? But this is, I love Timothy. He ends second letter. He's almost in his deathbed. And he's, uh, this is Paul, sorry, to Timothy. And he goes this. Hey, Timothy, I have fought the good fight of faith. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on the day, not only to me, but for all others who have longed for his appearing. Now one day I want to say, I, I want to get to the end of my life and say, hey, I fought the good fight of faith. I did it. I did it. I've won the race. I've done it. 
And I believe that everyone here wants to say the exact same thing. Amen. Why don't we stand? To quote Muhammad Ali, this is a fight with one of the greatest boxers in the world. We float like a butterfly. We rest in his presence. We float on his spirit. We rest, we fight with butterflies. It's just, eh, we don't care. Rest in his presence. We're here to rest in his presence. But then, we sting like a bee. When you're full of his presence, you attack the enemy with power, precision, because a bee knows, mate, I'm about to hit and I might die for it. That's okay. I'm going for it all the way out. So as I leave, I want to speak this over you one more time. If you will, when you put your hands up, so I'm going to pray this prayer over you. I commission you to fight fervently and strive within the struggle with your best efforts for something exceptional of highest quality, giving your complete concentration to the fight that you will be fully focused, that you will be fully committed unto victory for your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that we rest in you and we fight from a position of rest. Lord, I pray for every single person in this building listening to my voice. Lord, right now, where anyone is feeling weary, anyone who's feeling tired, anyone who feels like can I take one more step? I just ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would just give them peace. I'm just releasing peace. All you need to do is receive. Receive the peace to carry on. Father, I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just come with power, whisper the words you want to say to them. They are loved, chosen, that it's not too late. Despite what you've done in the past, God uses anyone who's willing. Don't need to be qualified. Don't need to be perfect. You need to be you. Father, thank you right now. And with every head bowed and eyes closed, if there's anyone in this room who doesn't know Jesus, if you don't know him, don't have a relationship with God, I want to pray for you right where you're standing. Every head bowed and eyes closed. This is between you and him. You can't get into a fight if you don't have the faith. If you don't know that Jesus loves you, if you don't know that he died for your sin, if you're not walking in a relationship with God right now and you want to start a journey with him, with everyone praying, I want you just to slip your hand, both hands, as high as you can, up the top like this and go, Sal, we don't have to say, it's Sal, me, I need Jesus. I need to start a relationship with him and I'll pray for you where you're at. Is there anyone in this room who needs Jesus, who needs to start a journey with Jesus? Is everyone praying? Awesome, awesome. And we're going to worship. And as we worship, we're going to take the fight out these doors. We're going to be locked and loaded. We're going to win. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. 
We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.